Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another podcast episode of the Coffee Roaster Warm Sessions podcast. Uh, my name is Mark Kotrovsky, and I'm here with Sergey Kotrovsky. We do this on a weekly <coughs> basis. We're co-owners of Mirror Coffee Roasters. We come on here, have some good chats about some chats. That, that came out oddly. Um, chats about coffee, all things. Um, and yeah, we are always starting the podcast off with some batchy, as you guys all know who have been around here for a little bit. Um, today, we're going to dive into last week. We did kind of part one of this two-part series that was birthed very last minute. Um, but then we're like, hey, this topic actually, instead of doing one episode, we can actually do two because there's so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Last week, we talked about being a barista. How can you provide as much value as you can? How do you grow in your coffee career? How do you become a successful barista or get to where you want to be in the industry? Uh, Hopefully a place where we touched up a little bit on that you're getting, you know, getting paid sustainably, that you're getting your needs met and you're kind of goal oriented and you you have a direction you're going into, um, if that's something you're you're Mm -hmm. interested in. So if you work in the coffee industry, especially if you're a barista, go go back and listen to the episode right before this. Today, we're going to be taking apart a little bit more about more focusing on the management slash owner side of probably mostly cafes and roasters, roasters, but you might be able to uh, pro- probably actually might might be a little more universal than that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think the major part of the last episode was the focus on longevity. It's like if you want to be a barista and you want to be in the game for a long time. Like, how can you set yourself up for success in order to do that? Mm-hmm. 100%, which is not not an easy task, I'll tell you that. So, <clears throat> mm. Why is it already so cold? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not hot, hot at all. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It's Kenyan? Yeah, I mean, it tastes straight up like a Kenya. There's no hiding this. You could easily taste this and <clears throat> guess that this is a Kenya. Uh, speaking of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, man, got stuck in the windpipe. <clears throat> but speaking of uh, <laughs> flavored notes like grilled pineapple. Uh, is that on there? No, so close. No. Stewed raspberry. Mm. That's nice. A raspberry jam. Look right before it cools. Would that be stewed? Wait, is this stewed? No. I, Dude, I'm not a jam maker. No, that was I, just, just what I'm, I thought. I'm, try, I'm trying to parse the difference between a stewed raspberry, raspberry preserve, and a ra- raspberry jam. Yeah. R- no, marmalade is orange. I'm trying to think. Hmm. That's, that's curious. I'm, I... I I always, I, I'm at a loss of words. I, honestly, I'm, oh, I, I'm just thinking through all the flavor notes that are on bags. Like some, there was one company that put like biscuit and I'm like, is that a roast defect or is that a flavor or is that both? Or is that a flavorful roast defect? Some coffee should have the flavor note potato on there, <laughs> but they don't. <laughs> Fair I think there's, I think there's a lot of let's just say there's a lot of flavor notes missing on coffee bags that mm. should be on mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah, that's that's fun. Well, this is a coffee I picked up 
when on my trip to Europe. I'm still actually finishing a lot of those coffees off. This is a coffee coming to you from Fried Hats. I went straight to the cafe, straight to the source. Actually had, at the, my experience at Fried Hats was exceptional, dude. 10 out of 10. Mm. The baristas were phenomenal. The service, the vibes, the experience. Dude, they were selling $3 geishas on espresso. I was How's like, that literally, the guy was like, I was like, I was like, Gee, what do you have on espresso? The guy's like, oh, we have this fun, like, uh, like a couple of these options and we can do like some geisha on espresso. And I'm like, oh, wow. How much is, how much does that cost? He's like, ah, like three bucks. And I'm like, what? US bucks? Yeah. Dang. And he looked at me. He's like, wait a second. Is that too much or too little? And I was like. Uh, that's a steal. A geisha would cost like eight, eight bucks for a shot of espresso mm-hmm. in the states. Um, so ended up ordering like five different coffees while I was there. But this 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 Kenya was actually r- really good at their cafe. That's why I picked it up. But also, I mean, right now it's not bad. It's very solid. But I think it's like a classic Kenya, like currant tart, some fruit rhubarb rhubarb Uh, i'm admiring this little message it says this bottle will never biodegrade that's honesty i like it i reckon please refill reuse and recycle or return to us i like that that's nice that is neat fun stuff good design i like it yeah it's a very interesting design um yeah, stewed raspberry, rhubarb, and tart lime acidity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, it's great. very classic, very classic uh, Kenya flavor profile. But I'm not mad. It's it's good. It works. It's, it's, it's really solid. Nice. Yeah. It has nice uh, textures too. I don't know if that's your brew or uh, what's going mm-hmm. on there, but the, it's nice. It feels so good. Nice and juicy. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the honestly, I've been really enjoying our brews on the Breville. On, on the Breville Brewer, it, yeah. it's probably the cone that's that made a, the world of a difference. But it's nice. Like yeah. these are really great brews. I'm just like, why hasn't Breville never sponsored us yet? It's only episode 119. Yeah, or ratio. I mean, how, we've never used a ratio on the pod. It's true. That is incentive for ratio to displace one company and you know place their name in, but. They're probably not even listening. So Missed opportunities. Listen, yeah. and speaking of missed opportunities, if you're like a really bad business owner. <laughs> what a segue. I, I, I thought you were going to say something about our coffees, that our Rojas is yeah. running low. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we do that segue, and I did not mean that, you know, the owners of Ratio are bad business owners. Uh, that was not at all. That was more a joke. Please don't take that. Don't take that to heart. Um, I genuinely actually love ratio. Same. Um, so, but that being said, yes, we have maybe like two weeks left of two, two, three, two and a half weeks of maybe Jorge Rojas, Colombian, our honey process Colombian. You guys, I've been receiving so much good feedback from mm-hmm. people, so much, like a lot. Like, I had a I had a buddy text me. He's like, dude, this is probably one of my favorite coffees I've had this year. Literally, the Instagram post today was mm-hmm. like, yeah. hey, Katie. one of my favorite mm-hmm. coffees of the year. Like, yep. 
and I know that's like those are big bold claims and you might be a more seasoned home barista and that mm -hmm. might not be the case for you but trust me if it's not your favorite coffee of the year it's it's gonna be high up there like I've I don't know I, I freaking love this the Columbia Jorge Rose any thoughts on yeah. it well I, I thought you were gonna make a bold claim and say if it's not your favorite coffee of the year you're gonna give them a 100% discount I was like <laughs> What do we do? We do that? Like, uh, do we do that? We're so bold. Yeah, I should ask our uh, ask our uh, other employees about what they think about that. Ask our other employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we, need, we need a team meeting. We need yeah. a team meeting yeah. here right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know, dude. I, I I've been loving it. I've been enjoying it. It's uh, it's great. I'm glad. I'm glad we picked it yeah. up, and it's you know already out the door. Yeah. It went pretty fast pretty and fast. we have a few more coffees that are dropping very soon. So that should be even, that mm -hmm. should be exciting. Another Colombian and a few other fun gems. Um, some classics are coming back, which is going to be fun. Um, mm -hmm. Some relationship True. coffees that we've been serving year over year. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that all being said, um, speaking of literally business owners and people who own coffee companies, um, we, this this question was uh, spurred out of this concept of sustainability. Like, how sustainable is it to work at a cafe? Uh, do you, like, will you get paid sustainable wages? Um, and then also not just sustainable wages in the cafe. Going back to what we always talk about is how do we make it more sustainable across the whole supply chain? Mm -hmm. So, like, how can producers not get thrown to the dust kicked to the dust and not by producers i'm gonna caveat i'm not talking about like alita state panama yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not talking about like diego bermudas and you know the people who are like they're they're, they're famous they're, yeah they're you know i'm talking about like the other 98 percent of the producers that you know you don't hear about over and over and over and over mm -hmm. again um how how do we make all that fair? And I know it's that's a very big lofty goal because the world is oftentimes very unfair. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you do make it really really fair for everybody, it also doesn't. It, it comes with a price, yeah, and a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's even worth mentioning is that um, that it takes resources. <laughs> like yeah. like the the very concept of that somebody needs to get paid or there needs to be some money generated or mm -hmm. um, a business needs to grow means that there's a lot of work involved, a lot of time spent, a lot of resources uh, invested for that to, to happen. And so what are your thoughts on that? How about sustainability, especially around like a cafe, a roastery, and then especially from a business owner perspective. Oh boy, excuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, does anything come to mind? Just, just, just sharing right. that. Um, wow, where, where should I even take this? Because a, a lot of things come to my mind. First, we have to frame up the context and say that we are in an industry that is a commodity-based industry, not commodity quality. You know, I'm talking about um, coffee is a commodity product on the mm -hmm. big scheme of things. It's a very major product in the world. A lot of people drink coffee. So that's the frame of reference. And then our personal frame of reference mm -hmm. is in this niche that is called specialty 
that has a very unique demographic um, that is, how do I frame this, next level to a degree where it's a special experience, it's a special mm -hmm. beverage within the frame of reference of commodity. So one, I love like our, our friend Lisa Farr always says that coffee has a branding issue um, mm -hmm. because we can call coffee um, everything, green, parchment, roasted stuff, things, uh, coffee that's graded 72 to coffee that sells for $2,000 a pound. It's all coffee, right? So when we're talking about this, we're talking about a niche market. And um, with that said, I think one of the most important things is to claim responsibility within that niche market. So what role do you play? What role do we play when you're a barista? What are you participating in when it comes to the cafe or part of, if you're a cafe that is a multi-roaster, what coffees are you serving? So taking responsibility and knowing your role is gonna create, is gonna play a big part within this conversation. Because when we start unpacking ideas such as, okay, as a business owner, what's my responsibility? Mm -hmm. And what do I need to do to create a environment, a place where baristas can get paid these wages, good wages, so that they can plan and have a goal and advance their coffee career. And there's a potential that, you know, if you're a cafe owner or a roastery owner and you're like, man, and I think, again, there's just like we mentioned last episode, there are, yes, cafe owners that have abused their power, abused mm -hmm. their you know, their status, their leadership. I get that. There's also baristas that have done that same thing, right. which is gets, don't, doesn't get talked about very often. But, um, I, I like, uh, apart from that, I think actually most people would say, yes, I would love to pay them more. Mm -hmm. And it's like, the problem is I just can't. That's, I think there's a lot of that where they're just like scrambling of like, man, I want to pay these braces more, but I literally am not where we're either not selling enough or man, I'm barely making, I'm paying myself or mm -hmm. Hey, I'm putting my entire life. I don't have a life outside of this because I'm, I have to be at the cafe so much just to, just to barely make and cross the finish line every single month or every year. My PNL yeah. barely, you know, gets across. So I don't want to point this as like, um, you know, like a, like a stab at owners. It's more mm -hmm. like, oh no, this is actually a conversation that I think we just need to have because if we can build uh, like really healthy businesses that are thriving, um, it'll actually benefit us. It'll benefit the community and it'll benefit the baristas themselves in this whole sustainable talk. But also it'll trickle down even up the chain. We're a little closer because we're literally roasters, mm -hmm. but if you're a multi-roaster, then it helps your roast the roasters you're buying coffee yeah. from. And then if the roasters help, then you know those producers that are selling to the roasters mm -hmm. get the benefit of it. So I, I like to say is like, hey, as a roasting company, I owe it to not just my employees, but for now it's just you and I. I owe it to the producers to be exceptional on my craft. Mm -hmm. Like I remember talking with literally Jorge Mendez in Guatemala a relationship producer for us that we've been buying coffee for years. And he's like, Hey, I need to make sure the coffee's good enough. So your people like it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then reverse. It's like, no, no, I also need to do a spectacular job showcasing this coffee as a roaster so that I can buy more coffee from you the next year. Mm -hmm. 
like yep. that's that's you know that's that's important and so being a really exceptional entrepreneur business owner which is already hard but you like you just ha- you have to be a good operator yeah that that's that's it there's at the end of the day at some point it's going to trickle back to trickle back to that yeah and that's why i said earlier is as an owner you have to take responsibility for that weight mm-hmm. and and i i don't want to say that i don't want to want it to come off as in almost like this fear based like oh if you do a bad job you failed your baristas mm-hmm. it's not like that but you do do have to understand that hey there there's a team of people that you are responsible for and when it comes to taking care of mm-hmm. them wages is one thing right but there's a lot of value you can provide because we talked about baristas providing value for companies yes. now as an owner you're also thinking about how much value can you provide for your team and that that is that's where you take accountability is the folks that are on your team that work with the company that's your responsibility and you brought those people in. So you take accountability for the great things that they do, but you also take that accountability for all the challenges that you're experiencing. 100%. And your job is to provide the most service you can. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the classic quote of um, the not the, basically not the employee serving the owner, but the owner serving the employees. Mm-hmm. Something like that. You probably heard yeah, that yeah, said. Yeah, I have. And I, Taking that kind of responsibility also allows you to create a business model that is going to not only sustain one, the roasting company that you're Mm -hmm. buying coffee from, but it's also going to sustain the employees that you're hiring. And then you're able to sustain that environment, the place, the vibes for your guests to be able to enjoy coffee year after year after year. 100%. Yeah. You work for your employees. That's, that's, I think oftentimes gets uh not mentioned but oftentimes uh all i mean also the other cases a lot of even owners don't really think that way and work that way even though at the end of the day yes you do work for your employees like if you're a really good business owner i hope you're taking care of your people like like they're your people yeah like they're the ones that are actually doing all the work and yeah, the reality is they are doing all the work. You as an owner are more of like an operator, like an overseer. Mm-hmm. And so it's your job to be able to know, hey, what things should we add on? Should we take away? Where can we make things a little more efficient? Where is the most leverage at? What can I put in a dollar and get three back? Yeah. You know, how do I, maybe, you know, we need to spend more time here. Maybe we need to change our entire menu. Maybe we need to rethink our marketing, whatever it is. Like that's your job actually to be pushing this forward. But all your employees are the ones that are actually doing like most of your work. And so I hope that you're taking care of them. Like they are like family to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know a lot of, probably business owners out there probably don't do that, but that's the case. And also on another note, if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh man, I don't want to be a cafe owner anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. (laughs) Just, I, we've, we, we say that all the time. It's just a little over romanticized, but yeah, it is tough, but your people, like that's just the, that's just the pain and the difficulty and the challenges of being a business owner. There's yeah. just no easy way out of this. Yep. And 
I've worked, I've, I've had the privilege to work under different owners and I've seen owners who lead with empathy and lead with that understanding of being like, okay, I know like I have to, you know, walk that tightrope and like, I want my employees to get sustainable wages. I'm doing the best I can. I want to provide all the benefits. Like the heart goes out to my employees and then also understanding the other side, your guests. And you're like, how can I best serve my guests to have the proper pricing, the proper uh, menu, like you were talking about all the things so that when guests are purchasing all of these wonderful products, they're enjoying themselves. So I, th- I think it's very difficult to be an owner in the coffee industry because we're not, we're also not messing with a lot of margin. It's a low margin mm-hmm. kind of business. It's most of the business owners I know who are in coffee for the long run, they do it because they love hospitality. They love the craft of coffee. 100%. They love what they do. Therefore, they're continually, you know, pursuing this difficult, difficult endeavor and not giving up. But the reality is it's hard. It's hard to yeah. be an owner in the coffee biz, you know, and leading one with empathy and then also understanding the business side of things and understanding margins, mm. um, being able to look at your PNL, read it and be like, okay, this is where we can tighten up. You know, this is where we're yeah. doing great. This is kind of what the future looks like and forecasting those, those things like don't get enough hype. I think business owners who are continually talking about those things and educating their managers and helping their team understand those numbers, mm-hmm. that's one thing. I think a lot of business owners need to get comfortable with sharing more numbers, being more transparent with their numbers yes. so that employees not only can know how much they're getting paid and why they're getting paid that much, yes. but they can understand the responsibility they carry as a barista. Like you're part of this PNL. It's not just for the owners to read. It's for me to understand and be like every single time I'm pulling shots of espresso. Why does efficiency matter? Well, we're trying to run a sustainable business that will actually provide for my future as a barista. Hundred percent. I'm glad you tied. I'm glad you tied that back in because that is the conversation we're having. Is, hey, how can, like, what what role do owners play? And it's a really really big one. But also in relation to our late last podcast, which is like, okay, how do you maximize yourself as a barista so that you can grow into the career or into the opportunities that you want to? I think as an owner, that's also a big key is figuring out, okay. Who do I need to hire? Who are the right people that can push my business as far ahead as possible? We talked about hiring people that are like you, but also finding people that you can hire top tier talent that is actually not like you, but mm-hmm. they're, they have a knack in, in places that you don't have a knack for. And you actually think as, as a business owner, you, actually it's, you need to find people who are way better than you at things that you're not good at and you're you don't have a knack for like a lot of business owners i talk to that are doing decently and that are kind of well off they always say like hey like all these people that are just like smarter than me in a lot of their own unique ways and you as the business owner are just you're facilitating that you're giving them a space and opportunity to shine in what they do best and overall, when everybody does their part, the business can actually move forward. And you're just you're there to facilitate it, and give direction, give vision, give mm-hmm. give movement to this machine. But yeah, I think I think that's that, that's a really big yeah. one. And also, 
<clears throat> I was like kind of thinking through what I, I just recently, it just shared uh, seconds ago. And I'm thinking your role also changes as your company grows. 100%. Because as you start to scale and you have, you know, multiple locations now, you went from maybe one to two, that's a big jump, right? But what if you're like at 10, at 20, yeah. and your business is growing, your role is also changing. You're leading different kind of people, and then you're still bringing new people, and you may not have that front face interaction with every barista, but you do have a responsibility to make sure that the people that you are continually serving and working for, those people are carrying that culture or that energy back into the team so that it still works as if it's a one or two location shop, you know, with that in mind. So yeah, as, as you continue to grow, things do change, of course. The, but the concepts, these uh, core ethos, these values, all of those things that you've put in place that are going to actually make that job long-term uh, mm-hmm. possible for every employee those things stay the same. Yeah. And I, I mean, we definitely can't speak for somebody who has 10, 20 cafes. Um, that's just a different ball game. But what I will, what I will say though, is for folks who are, maybe do you have your first startup, your first cafe, your first roastery or whatever it is, you cannot, you cannot ever stop learning. You have to learn (laughs) and being a business owner is a skill in itself. Yep. Like I'm, I always remember is like, it's never a good time to start a bad business and it's never a bad time to start a good business. <laughs> the first, since, since I've heard that, that's been ringing in my head so much. And what that says is, Hey, if you can start a good business, there's always a good time for mm-hmm. that. And there's not a good time to start a bad business. And actually oftentimes the variable of whether it's a good or bad business, not always, this, there's some exceptions, but it's just like how good you are as a business owner. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, a lot of us, especially in the cafe world, there's a there's not many really good business owners. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. And that's that's no shame to anybody. That's just because what you just said is that we get into this because we freaking love coffee. Mm-hmm. We're like, dude, my little town needs freaking amazing coffee. I love this. I wish there was you know some kind of geisha being pulled in my little <laughs> town. And we don't have yeah. that. Yep. And so I'm going to step up and take that role. And I think that's beautiful to literally see a need and go after it. But to be good at what you do, to be good at running a business, you really actually have to spend more time learning how to develop a really strong business model and being good at that. Kind of almost have to step away from the coffee itself to be really good business owners mm-hmm. because that's a whole new skill of actually tackling, you know, this whole thing, which sucks to say because we got into this because of the coffee, because of the love for the craft, for everything, all things coffee. But think about running your business as if like you're competing at USB-C. Mm-hmm. You know, think of, yeah. think about that. Did you have you put in enough time as you would as like a first place USB-C competitor? Did you put in that much time to perfect your craft mm-hmm. of running a business? That's yeah, it's, it's just yep. it's just tough. Like because then, um, and I think that might be actually why we're in such a weird spot in the industry is because we've just gotten into this because of the love of it, and not many of us actually love the business owner side. Yeah, 
You're right. Yeah, that's very well said. It's also sometimes not as, you know, fun and not not big and flashy to sit around and look through and comb through P&Ls and mm-hmm. do all of that stuff. Um, but that that's also like like you said it's part of the game. That's that's what you have to do in order to do the fun stuff, you know. Yeah. And you I think part of it is you have to make it fun. Um, you have to enjoy that. You have to find a place where you actually enjoy that kind of difficult side of running a business. And then again, what you said earlier about, you know, there's not a good time to start a bad business and not a bad time to start a good business. One of my first thoughts was, well, how do you know when it's a good or a bad business? Oh yeah. Um, Part of what you do is you're taking a risk every day. You're always risking. And then maybe a few, you know, glance backs and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that was great. That turned out great. And then sometimes you look back and you're like, well, not doing that again. You know, so you're to a degree risking all the time and you're always trying to make the best calculated risk. You're yes. not trying to make stupid decisions, yes. but you have to be moving forward. So you are taking 100%. those risks. It's a difficult challenge. It's a difficult balance is attention it's and i mean as i hear myself saying that i'm i'm getting pumped and excited because that's also part of the part of the joy of running a business is you get to make those choices you get to um, try new things you get to know and discover like oh that worked i'm gonna try it with you know this little caveat on this menu or i'm gonna try it in this opportunity so you're growing you're expanding and you're having fun hundred percent and you know i mean also the reality is there's a lot of failure involved whether you're good whether you're really good at it or not i'm not saying that all of a sudden things are perfect Mm -hmm. if you're perfect you know like yeah things suck this is hard it's constant you know failure reiterating reinventing reproducing re problem solving it's just like one thing after another and you you have a lot of these things that we talked about on your shoulders. You're balancing a lot. It's it's no easy task. And that's why anybody who comes up to me is like, man, I'm, I want to start a cafe. I'm like, dude, please don't. <laughs> yeah, totally. There's way easier ways to make money. Right. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And just owning anything is hard. That's it. Yeah. So, man, you know, everyone wants to be entrepreneur until they have to, uh, do the work of being an entrepreneur it's not as flashy anymore is it or is it still flashy i I think it's 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 still flashy it's still still too cool gosh (laughs) i'm like man i don't know maybe it's just me i'm like it's a lot of hard work you know i still enjoy it day to day for sure i wouldn't trade it i wouldn't trade it for anything this is living the dream yeah i will say this is like whether you're a business owner or you're a barista, having a lot of self-awareness is very important. Yeah. And by that, and I, this goes into the currency of not just getting paid. And you mentioned that a little bit from the last podcast is like life currencies. Self-awareness is so important because mm. at some time, at some point you might realize like, I don't want to be a barista. Like I actually want to get paid more. And I want to have this career that I know is going to be sustainable for either my family or my future plans or whatever it is. And it's better for you to leave, but have a freaking slayer in your house. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, you know, or be a cafe owner that says, hey, listen, actually, instead of stressing everybody out, including everybody I live with and all my employees and everything, I think the best thing to do is just to hang up, you know, the shirt or whatever, whatever, throw in the towel and just be like, hey, like, I'm just going to get a go back to being a barista. Yeah. And I know that's that that sounds very counterintuitive. I know, I know there's a lot that you might be afraid of, like, man, what are people gonna think? What are the, all this stuff? But it's like, man, that self awareness has to be present because mm-hmm. if you don't have that, you're, I, I think you're gonna make your life more miserable and the people around you wherever you are. Yeah, and I would add, even if you have to do that, let's say that's the route you want to take. It still wasn't a failure yeah. because if you, you know, sit down once close down shop, everything is kind of done and over with. And you reflect on everything that you did accomplish. You reflect, let's say on your awful, these horrendous failures and you process that you internalize that. And then you're able to make new choices and better choices after experiencing that it wasn't a failure even though it may seem like at that moment. Mm-hmm. So, but that does re- require a lot of self-awareness. That does require a lot of vulnerability. Um, but but I believe even in that case, if you have to go that route, it's still a win. Yeah, and you're going out with a bang. You're going out with yeah. a win. Like that is the win to walk away knowing that you can actually be better somewhere else. Like that's mm-hmm. called working towards something better, which is mm-hmm. progress. That's gross yeah. right there. So... I can go on for plenty more time, but I'm just going to call it good. Any last thoughts, words? That's it. I I wanted to connect the dots and somehow talk about, you know, a over-extracted brew with a lot of dryness left over and astringency, (laughs) but I just couldn't tie it all back together to that. And I'm like, whatever, it doesn't even matter. Just tasty coffee this kenya from freed hats that's my parting words yeah i'd love to hear your guys thoughts like what are you guys thinking about this episode what 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 crossed your mind as you're listening to this wherever you are um drop it down in the comments and the on the youtube on spotify you can also share a few thoughts we read every single comment it's kind of weird because we can't respond to those directly in the app which kind of sucks message us on instagram if you're a business owner and just want to talk shop always email is always open for for y'all or for anyone. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Coffee Roaster Warm Sessions podcast. Uh, This was spectacular, and I'm going to finish it off like we always say. Reflect what's good.